these entrepreneurs are are one very savvy um, some have been through it before some have been through multiple exits others this is a first time kind of thing um, but they all have one common thread which is they, they know where there's a pain in sports or esports uh, they know they have a solution for that um, and they know that there are people willing to pay for that pain to go away you're listening to sports tech feed the global sports technology podcast that's right you're listening to sports tech feed i'm your host thomas loams great to have you joining us once again We've got a really insightful and interesting discussion today with Tim Hayden. Tim's the co-founder and managing director of Stadia Ventures. Stadia is a global sports innovation hub, including Accelerator and Fund for early stage investments in sports and esports. They've had over 40 cohort companies since their launch in 2015, including five successful exits. And I was lucky enough to judge at their global demo and selection day a few weeks ago in St. Louis. And I have to say, very impressed by the program they've put together and the continued support that they have for the sports tech ecosystem globally. So Tim and I discuss what he looks for in a, and himself and the rest of the team at Stadia looks for in successful startup founders. We also talk about global investment trends in the sports technology space, also looking into esports and the growth in that. So if you'd like to look at show notes and more episodes, you can go to sportstechfeed.com. We've been lucky enough to interview a number of the portfolio companies, uh, some of the co-founders and founders from those companies over the last uh, few months as part of Sports Tech Feed. So I'll make sure I include some links there in the show notes that you can go to those other episodes. Uh, definitely plenty of other episodes. We've had some good chats recently. Uh, Troy Taylor, US Ski and Snowboard a couple of weeks ago. Dr. Helen Sun, CTO of Stats Perform. And last week, Sam James from Val Performance. And as always, if you'd like to get in touch, you can find contact details on sportstechfeed.com. Always like to hear from uh, listeners with suggestions uh, for show guests or just other general suggestions. And lastly, if you are a sports tech entrepreneur, founder or small business looking to make that leap either internationally or the next growth phase with investment, then please get in touch with us, thomas at sportstechfeed.com or thomas at vumero, V-U-M-E-R-O.com. We do have services that assist with business development and market entry. So happy to discuss that, how we can help. But now it's over to Tim Hayden talking all things sports investments and Stadia Ventures. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Tim Hayden, co-founder and managing director of Stadia Ventures. Great to have you joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Thomas. Truly appreciate it. That's great. So a couple of weeks ago, only two weeks ago now, I was in St. Louis uh, judging at your demo day. So your finalist demo day for Stadia Ventures Accelerator. And I say accelerator because I kind of learnt on the day or, or found out the nuance a bit more that you're not just an accelerator. There's lots of little pieces uh, to the Stadia Ventures puzzle. But do you, over to you to kind of explain um, who is Stadia Ventures and what you do. I appreciate it, Thomas. So, so yeah, so we are a, uh, at the end of the day, we're a venture capital firm. We, uh, we, our main focus is around sports and esports, uh, and really what drives a lot of our deal flow and really our love is the accelerator program. So if you want to think of it along the lines of, hey, it's a, like an executive MBA program for founders. Uh, but in our case, we really pride ourselves on uh, working with startups in the sports and esports space that already have a product and market or are very close to it. Uh, and they already have traction. Traction could either be pilot programs uh, and or revenue up to $3 million. And so we've been doing this now for four years, actually about four and a half now. Uh, we're about ready to enter our 10th cohort. 
Uh, we've invested in over 40 companies that have come through the program, uh, and five have already been acquired uh, by groups like Live Nation and Ticketmaster and FLIR Systems. Uh, but we are holistic sports and esports. Yeah, great. So, talking specifically about the the accelerator part, uh, what does that process look like? Sure. So, so we will receive applications twice a year. We run a fall program and a spring program. Uh, what will occur is, is applications in this last go-around, we ended up with hundreds of applications from 50 different countries. Uh, we will narrow that, that field down, uh, down to we get to about 10. And the 10 we will invite in to a finalist pitch day. So similar to like a shark tank or a dragon's den. But instead of uh, four dragons or four sharks, we'll have over 140 senior sports and esports leaders. Uh, that fly in from around the world just to sit on the judging panel. So it'll be the heads of innovation from Major League Baseball or the CMO of the NHL or uh, folks from the NFL and NBA and across the pond. It'll be you know UEFA or English Premier or, or just any number and then rolling down into the team environment. And then from the teams, obviously, moving over to the brands. And the brands will end up being like you know, Under Armour and Nike and Adidas and New Balance and Wilson. So our goal is to bring in as many really good, smart people into this mix to help us evaluate. Uh, once we get through that process, so you are a judge in that process, we'll then take all of that due diligence, all that material, and what we'll do is we'll synthesize that uh, along with a lot of other material and determine what are the four to six companies are we going to invest in. Uh, and we'll invest up to $100,000 into those four to six companies. Uh, and then what we'll do is assemble a mentor team, uh, a four to six person uh, mentor team of, of senior business leaders that are experts in areas where the founders are, are weaker. Uh, so areas where we can truly help improve the company rather than just kind of putting good people around good people. Uh, and during this 14 week program, uh, and it's like an executive MBA program every other week, uh, so it's really seven live sessions uh, where the founders will fly in on a Wednesday morning and they'll fly out on a Friday evening. And while they're with us during those two and a half days, it is extremely intense and focused with the mentor teams. Uh, it's extremely focused with guest speakers that will fly in. So we'll have two to four guest speakers uh, again, senior leaders in sports and esports that will fly in from around the world. So it'll be, here's the head of football administration for Real Madrid. Here's the CEO of U.S. Soccer. Here's the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the head of innovation for Under Armour, just to sit around a table with that cohort uh, to discuss their business uh, and what are the business needs of, of each of these guest speakers. And then halfway through the program, uh, usually about session three or four, uh, we will then turn on the business development uh, faucet or the fire hose as we refer to it. So our goal is we want to be able to, on day one, introduce our founders to at least 20 to 30 potential clients with one phone call. Uh, forget the rest of our network. Yep, our network is about 4,000 strong, but we really want to focus it in on with one phone call. We can introduce them to at least 20 to 30. And eventually they, they make it through to, to the end of the program at the end of the 14th week in the seventh live session, and we'll hold a demo day. So for lack of a better word, a big old celebration where we get to drink and have a good time that they actually made it through. Uh, and after the program, it really doesn't end. Uh, I always joke with everybody, I'm half Italian, so once you marry into the family, you never get out. Um, and so with that, each of the cohort companies and the cohort founders will stay with us uh, during the entire duration of their life. Uh, so we're, we're very hyper-focused on this family environment uh, with not only the cohort, but then also the, the network that we have at our, at our fingertips. 
So does that make you the the Don, the godfather of the um <laughs> no. of the Stadia Stadia Ventures sports family? Come to, First come time here to the, on the on the day of my my daughter's <laughs> demo day. I love that. I love that. Never been brought up before, but uh, no, no, we have plenty oh, of Dons cool. in this I'll, whole thing. I'll make yeah. sure. Yeah, next time I'm at the demo day, <laughs> yeah. judging, I'll, yeah. I'll ask you a favor. Yeah, you don't really you don't need to give something me something up and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to give me a bigger head. <laughs> so, <Okay. yeah. laughs> Oh, this is about pump, pumping yes, pumping I, people up, good people. So I love it. Uh, do you in that process you talk about? So you do the initial investment um, as they come on board in the accelerator, and then obviously as a venture fund that is then following through, and and I assume um, either leading or co-investing on subsequent rounds. Yes, so and that's a great question. So um, our original fund, this is we're in our second fund, our Stadia Growth Fund. Uh, the original fund was dedicated really just to to make an initial investment, and then uh, with whatever we had at the end of the year, we would then uh, do a follow-on investment into a couple of the companies, the, the those that we thought could really take it to the next level. Um, we realized very early on that. Uh, um, uh, quite a few of our companies were excelling at such a, accelerating at such a pace that they really needed that extra oomph. And so, uh, instead of having a you know a traditional four or five year fund, we actually shut ours down two and a half years early and launched a new fund uh, to allow us more bandwidth. Um, so the new fund is really set up to invest in the accelerator companies coming through uh, to do meaningful follow-on funding uh, that we can track through the life of the company. And then also to make direct investments outside of the accelerator, um, where we're seeing, you know, where the accelerator is more early stage, you know, uh, not pilots, but, you know, uh, pilot programs to generating revenue to a certain level could be like a seed stage um, or late seed. Well, we were also looking at direct investments of, hey, late seed, series A, even getting into series B. And so that's really where our, our focus has been on with this new fund. Uh, but really with the, the idea to make more meaningful, uh, impactful investments after the program's over for the cohort members. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more about that growth that you've seen in Stadia and its involvement, and then also a parallel with the growth of the, the sports technology and sports investment uh, landscape. But how did all this, before we talk about that, how did all this get started? So how many years have you been going? How did it all kind of kick off? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> We, we we've been in the industry for way too long. So uh, um, I'll start with I'll start with uh, the other co-founding partner. Uh, so Art Chu used to lead innovation for Rawlings for ten years. Uh, ran innovation for Titleist for seven before that. Uh, my side of the house, as my wife likes to say, I keep falling off the wagon. I keep starting sports businesses. So since 2003, I've either started or helped to start seven different sports businesses. Um, and in addition, also helped to lead the uh, at a university, St. Louis University. I led their uh, Center for Entrepreneurship. So the non-academic arm of the university and one of the top 10 programs in the nation around entrepreneurship. And so when Art and I originally got together, uh, it was really, I hate to say it was a bitch session. It was really on his side sharing, hey, he's getting hit by thousands of entrepreneurs every year that are just trying to sell in their wares and most do not belong in the space, but it's clogging up his, his entire desk his pipeline of what he can be doing within his organization. And on my side, I'm like, man, I know five entrepreneurs right now that are so good. If they could cut through all that clutter, they could actually transform some of these big businesses on both the, you know, could be on the, the manufacturing and retail side. It could be on the team side. It could be on the league 
federation side. And so the genesis of the idea of Stadia was how do we more efficiently move innovation from the really good uh, co-founding startups uh, to the really good industry folks? And then also how do we layer in the really good investors that, to be honest, they love to invest, but it usually trends towards uh, technology or healthcare or fintech or uh, construction real estate, but the passion is sports. And the reason why they don't invest in sports is because they don't know how to see a true ROI. Um, and so our job was how do we grow this global sports innovation hub where we're bringing in the entrepreneurs, the good ones, and the and the, the industry folks, the really good ones, and then the investor folks, the really good ones, and let them all drive forward. And then also let them get to know each other as well in this ecosystem uh, that we've already, you know, it's, it's been out there forever. It's just kind of pulling it all together, all the different threads. Is that a, is that a nice way of saying herding cats? Yes, it is hurting cats. Yes, yes, yes. It's hurting good cats. So in, good in cats. one sense, yeah. yes, yes. The good cats, so in one sense, not the it's, it's those that yeah, it's it's the it's those that want to be herded is is yeah. a better way of putting it. And That's it's funny good. is like like yourself coming in to be a judge. What you'll end up finding is you'll want to come back time after time. Part of it's to see the the next generation of startups, but the other part is to catch up with all the people in the room. Like there were 140 senior sports and esports leaders on the judging panel. It's to come back and that camaraderie and get to know and share best practices. And that's that's this entire cat ecosystem, if you will, that, that we're really trying to uh, cultivate. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll, we'll park the cat metaphor or simile uh, <laughs> analogy. Yep. Uh, we'll yep. move, move along. So that's, so how long have you been going for? When did this, uh, and, and how long did it take from, I guess, parallels with an actual, actual kind of product producing startup, idea, yep. you know, refinement, yep. launch? How, how, was, yeah. how was that process? <laughs> We, we are like we are building a plane while in midair. Um, so I would say we started, uh, let's see, we started in 2015. Uh, Art and I actually met at the end of 2014. Um, by September of 2015, we launched out our first cohort. So we, we had already started to raise the fund uh, to be able to support that first cohort and then to continue on. So let's call that about four and a half years ago is like this will be our 10th cohort. So we are quickly approaching our fifth year, um, and I will say it's been an evolution. You know, it started with, uh, I always joke, it started with Art and Tim in a garage, and now we are literally at Stadia 3.0, which is now we have uh, a legitimate fund, SEC compliant, audited financials. We have a, a group of managing directors helping to drive that all forward who are more experts in that space. Um, we have like Joe Pimmel on the puns, fund side uh, helping to drive all of the organization around that. We have Brandon Janoski as a managing director now as well, who uh, is helping to drive the uh, the pipeline of, of startups, but is also our, our uh, what we refer to him as our cohort uh, whisperer. So he is the portfolio whisperer, always involved in every one of the companies. And then we have Bill Powell, who joined us as a managing director, who's really helping us, one, to expand out. So it allowed us to expand down to Dallas, Texas, Frisco, Texas. We're also expanded out to Denver, Colorado, and he's brought in a lot of the family office and more of the big investment community side of things, but also the international component. So we have now done programs over in London, and we've been invited into all sorts of different countries and cities around the world to now kind of spread this this Stadia message, if you will. Yeah, definitely. And got to give a shout out to Mike as well, uh, who's running oh, yeah. all the logistics. He's, uh... Exactly. 
Yep. So you got Mike Bynum, who really is now taking over the entire accelerator program. Uh, not only is the dude, dude uh, MBA out of Washington University in St. Louis, but is also ex-military uh, interrogator, special forces side of things. So as we like to say, you don't mess with yeah, Mike. Um, but, but he does. The, the, the nicest guy things. you'll meet also. Like, let's, he's oh, not, yes. he, Completely. He's not, he's yes. not like a, a scary dude. He's, he's very, exactly. very genuine, yep. uh, nice human being. And then also with that, yeah. And then we also brought in another gentleman, Alex Chalmers, who's now helping oh, to lead all of our corporate partnership efforts. So there's, it literally has moved from just this Stadia 1.0 of Art and Tim to now this full-blown team that is really with one singular focus of, hey, how do we help find the best startups? How do we help herd them through the system? And then how do we get them out there to our entire friends, our our Stadia family of 4,000 to 5,000 strong senior sports and esports leaders around the world? So it really is kind of cultivating this ecosystem. Great. And that's probably a good point to – so that's the evolution of Stadia – uh, as the as the fund, as the accelerator, as the as the entity, how have you seen the evolution of sports tech startups that are applying? So the kind of deal flow that you're seeing, and then on the other end, when they're kind of spitting out uh, the exits and kind of growth, is it? And I mean that by in terms of uh, what they're what they're uh, addressing in terms of problems. What problem are they in? What what area within this big amorphous term sports? Uh, so if you can speak to, to those two and any other trends you've seen, I guess. So that's about a five part yeah. question. So take it however you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's take it, let's take it one at a time and help me, help okay. me along the I process. Should, I, as well. I should do that as so, the host. Yeah. I need to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're doing great, man. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the encouragement. I think you've done this before. I think you've <laughs> <laughs> Pat yourself yeah. on the back on this one, man. You're doing a great job. <laughs> so, from, from the so, dawn, um, yeah. I think, yeah, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, to start with, what we've really seen is um, in the five years, in the 10 cohorts that we've now done, um, there are startups all over the world. I mean, these founders are wicked smart. I mean, it is, it is fascinating to meet these. And, and again, it goes back to, we, we know they're out there. It's just a question of getting to them. Um, and the network is the one that's kind of bringing them to us. Or they're just hitting us straight out of left field, which is completely cool. It's cold, uh, cold, cold applications. But I think the first thing off the bat is, is um, these entrepreneurs are, are one, very savvy. Um, some have been through it before. Some have been through multiple exits. Others, this is a first time kind of thing. Um, but they all have one common thread, which is they, they know where there's a pain in sports or esports, uh, they know they have a solution for that, um, and they know that there are people willing to pay for that pain to go away. Um, what we've seen consistently is they've taken old ways of doing things and figuring out new ways of, of putting it out there. Or they've been able to take very big concepts and distill it down to very simple elements um, that people truly understand. I mean, I, I look at just our last cohort in the fall, we had lifestyle. Uh, which is now real-life tech, out of the UK. It's the central nervous system for a stadium. So what they've done is they've taken 50 to 60 different uh, um, data components, uh, uh, areas that are pulling in data within a stadium. So it could be Wi-Fi, it could be POS, it could be around ticket sales. It's pulling all that data, social and everything, and then it's compiling that in real time, turning around and saying, okay, to a team owner, hey, in your stadium right now, sitting in this seat, this person is ready to buy a... 
LL, they may have certain wealth. So forget the hat. They want an autographed jersey. Or forget that they had uh, five beers before. They're ready for a six beer. And they're ready because they're ready to buy it for the whole the whole row. Um, and so they are currently, they have 60 of the top stadiums in the world already utilizing this system. Now, that's big data that they've now figured out a way to distill this down to very simple decision points. Um, so it gets us out of this very a uh, broad area of collecting data and now into very simple terms. Um, but I think the th common thread always comes back to, man, they're all persistent. They know exactly what direction they're wanting to go, but they do take uh, mentorship. Um, and our goal always with our mentors is the mentors have to be experts in areas where they're weakest so that therefore they, the founders will accept this advice from, for lack of a better word, an old sage or a gray beard or something. And so that's, I think, the first component. What was your second part of that? Oh, I've forgotten at this point. No, what in terms <laughs> in terms of no, it was, it was a good answer. So that's that's the the unique thread that runs through all of the founders. In, in terms of a, a prerequisite for success is is that persistence um, and that dogged determination and focus on on the the problem that they're solving. Have there been trends in terms of the industry? area or sub-industry area that these startups are, are addressing. So I imagine in the past few years, there's more esports than there was five years ago, for instance, uh, or more around um, things that are in human performance, things that are more in the business of sports. Are we seeing analytics? Are we seeing in terms of that big, broad sports and then say sports technology uh, ecosystem, is there a trend in the, in the type of uh, companies that are coming through? Yeah, I think you you said it perfectly, Thomas. That's my answer right there. No, um, I think I think with uh, with with the bigger trends that we're kind of seeing, and again, we are we're looking at a global audience, um, and yet what we find is a lot of the international companies are wanting to break into the U.S. markets, just because we have more density of uh, at the pro level, at the amateur level, collegiate level, and, and then youth level side. Uh, so we are seeing trends of internationals wanting to break into the U.S. Um, so that's one big one. Second one is around industry side of things. So you're exactly right. I mean, esports, uh, esports and video gaming has now in the U.S. has now surpassed traditional sports in revenue generation. Uh, it is the most mind-boggling stat that still so few people truly understand, and it's not a it, It's not going to reverse. Um, it is irreversible. Um, so the power in esports is fascinating, and so we are seeing actually a lot of our traditional sports portfolio companies that you know they were already working in the pros and blah blah blah. They're actually looking at making a shift into esports very quickly. Some of them have actually put more emphasis on esports than in their traditional sports models. So we'll, we'll continue to see that. Uh, the next one we'll end up seeing is obviously you're gonna the buzzwords are all about you know whether it's AR or VR, uh, whether it's AI or machine learning ML. Um, those will always be big things. But what we're really starting to see as well, going back to the original, is but it's how do you take all that data and how do you simplify it? Um, and that's going to be big things because that's when truly decision making can happen. Uh, on the player performance side, we'll always be playing there. But now take that you have all this data. Who should I be putting on the pitch? Who should I be putting on the ice or not based off of data that instead of me having to go through all the data, it's now providing me instant decisions uh, or, or, or choices that I could be, that I could be making. Uh, the other one's going to be gambling. Uh, sports betting in the U.S. Uh, it's funny because U.S. is really one of the last bastions of of not having sports betting as as prolific or as you know out there. Um, and so we're going to see a lot more in that space. 
we're already seeing a lot of groups coming in from the UK and Asia and other areas that are looking to figure out how do they make their mark in the US um, before it actually becomes a, a states, like a complete uh, United States oriented. Um, and then the last one is going to be, again, that international component. Um, this group of final 10, the top 10, they came from seven different companies, uh, seven different countries. Um, Slovakia was represented, and their technology was around hockey technology. Uh, instead of tape on the end of a stick, hockey stick, it was a sticker that goes on with technology, and I use technology loosely, but it truly is on, on uh, advanced materials in that sticker that's going on the end of a stick. I mean, we, we keep being blown away by where people are coming from, um, from both geographic, but also from the angles that they are finding solutions. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, some of the companies that we've had that have gone through your either pitched or have already gone through um, your cohorts. So uh, we had Kaylee Wilson from Blinder, which is a video solution for, yeah, great, great guy. Um, again, good, the, as you said, good people connecting with good people. Uh, so we've, we've known Kaylee for a while and, and that's the video solution that uh, for anyone that wants to go back and listen to the episode, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, but basically um, directly and securely connecting uh, players and teams to their fans and to media. So a really interesting solution that came out of his role um, working in sports media and saying there's a, there's, a big, there's a big problem here, let's go do it. Um, so that, and then we've had um, Adam White from Edge who pitched just recently. So autom- automating um, contracts and player payments for eSports. Uh, so really interesting where it's this huge industry, the growth of eSports, and then you go, well, that's that's a problem you know that that's a problem this unique problem it's kind of that whole selling uh what is it mining picks to miners um it's not all just esports all right we're gonna th- dump some money into this it's going well there's unique situations unique problems how can you then add value to that ecosystem so um yeah they're just two examples of, of interesting it, companies that have come through and it's funny because and you hit on it perfectly about our thesis we will not invest in, in teams, like we won't buy a team. We will not invest in the facilities or real estate. We will not invest, like our investment is in the picks. It's who is making the picks, who's doing the infrastructure behind all this stuff. And then what you'll find is not only do the picks work in this certain area of sports, it can work in esports, but then you also find in so many cases are our portfolio companies, it'll work in military and in construction and in healthcare and in fintech. Like they are literally platforms that can move outside of sports. Sports is kind of their first uh, uh, toe in the water. And is that something that you look for as well? That it's that founders understand that sports is a massive area, but ultimately it is a limited area in terms of if you really want to scale beyond that. Is is that something that um, you want founders to be aware of? So what we, the way we end up saying it is, is we want to expose them to as much stuff. So they don't need to know about it, but what they need to do is understand when they come to us, we're going to help them in this sports space, but it's also our job to help them understand what other opportunities are in the future and then to help guide them on what path they want to take. Um, so a perfect example, we had a group called Focus Motion. Um, it was, it came out of the Dodgers Accelerator. Uh, Kobe Bryant had invested. There's several other players that had invested. When they got to us, it was sports, sports, sports. It was a, a think of it like a, a smart knee brace or a smart uh, uh, item that would be used on joints. Uh, and it alerts the medical staff to, hey, are you actually doing the rehab? Are you actually doing, and how's your motion going without ever stepping foot back in the office? And so uh, 
as soon as they sat with us after the first session with the mentor team, mentor team came out and said, this isn't just sports, this is medical. And so that next session, we had an entirely new mentor team surrounding Kevin, uh, the founder of, of Focus Motion, and it was more medical device centric. Still had sports, but now you had this medical device. So his revenue has skyrocketed because of just a slight, not a, I don't wanna call it a pivot, just a slight move over to the left while you're still going sports, but now you're in physical therapy space. Now you're in performance space, so on and so forth. So I love it. You're yeah. right. There's so much other opportunity out there besides just sports. And that's something as well. I'll put a, a link to another episode that um, we did with Val Performance, who are uh, in with, I think, pretty much every single major league team across NFL, MLB, all that. Um, if you're in the human performance space, you'd know them, four stacks and stuff like that. And they're looking at the future and they're going, well, aging populations in most... Um, first world economies how can we kind of get in on this it's not they're not throwing out sports and say we're not going to do this it's always that market and also you get the halo effect um, if you are going to go for consumers prosumers uh, people want to wear what they see if LeBron's wearing it in the same way that that Nike or any other Nike any other um, apparel brand it, it's also true for sports performance so it's very interesting and you mentioned the uh, the LA Dodgers um, Accelerator, which I think is now called Global Sports Venture Studios with RGA, yep, out of LA. Uh, so that's an example of another sports tech and sports accelerator. What makes Stadia Ventures different from the many others out there and also the, the kind of um, the ones that are being yeah. added? It almost feels like every day now there's a, there's a new one announced. <laughs> it is too funny. So here's what I'll end up saying, and I tell everybody this. We're like Switzerland. We will play well with everybody. So the Dodgers were friends with the folks over at Dodgers and RGA. Um, MLSE, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, when they were talking about creating that, we helped them actually walk through what we do and trying to help them on that. 76ers, when they were creating their innovation lab, same thing. Uh, Sport Tech Ireland. I mean, the list kind of keeps going on and on. What we end up saying is this. Um, there are so many good entrepreneurs that are out there in our space. We can only accept four to six of them, each cohort, and help them. So at the end of the day, we do not want to take away from uh, any entrepreneur's opportunity. So if it's a better fit, say, over at uh, the Dodgers or over at MLSE or something else, we would be more than happy to help push them over there. Right. And so I've got to ask this. This is... You may lose your, your title of the Don, the Godfather, but... <laughs> Dude, I lost it pick, a long time ago, man. <laughs> no, picking your favorite child. So who is the best, your favorite, your, you think, whatever team that you've seen in terms of co-founders, company that you've seen go through the cohorts? How many are we up to now? So five years... So Four to six, or yep. thirty something. Um, yep. So we have uh, we have forty companies that have come through. Forty. We'll have yep. another. Yep. We'll have another four to six that'll be announced in the next few weeks for our spring cohort. Um, so that's that's a tough one. And here's why I'll say it's tough. It's because uh, it is kind of like each one is your baby, um, and this is not a political kind of thing. I will tell you if they suck. Um, so, and they know they know I will say that. Um, I, I think I'm not asking you to is, do that. I'm not asking yeah, you to say. Yeah. I didn't ask no, let's you, start with the bottom. Let's your least favorite. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think where where it comes down to, and this is this is partially from my education background side of things, like running the Center for Entrepreneurship. At the end of the day, we want to help every entrepreneur realize their dreams. Um, and in the sports space, it's a little easier um, because of our network. Uh, we always go back to Art and I being in the industry 20 plus years each. We, we've made a lot of friends. We really haven't pissed anybody off. 
Uh, those friends have all risen through the ranks. And one of the common threads of the entire Stadia family is they all want to give back. Like they all want to there, – there's this uh, opportunity to give back to the next generation because people help them get to where they're at and they now want to br- kind of bring that back around. And so I think part of this is every uh, – one of the startups that have come through our program have all had different strengths and weaknesses, which kind of blends them together and it's allowed us to help each one of them. So it's less on which one's the best ones. Now, the easy thing to say as, as an investment shop, as a venture shop is, hey, the five exits we already have and, and there will be more down the road. Those are our favorites. But at the end yeah. of the day, it is, it's, they're our favorite star investors. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it truly is our opportunity and ability and kind of honor to help each of them kind of come through. Um, whether it's extremely successful, like an exit, or it's just more lifestyle business kind of thing that helps them to continue down their path. So I, I, I hate to really, like, I literally went all full circle around you on that one. But, you just but completely really danced around that. You <laughs> yeah, completely so. danced around that. Yeah. Was, there wasn't one yeah. there, so. Yeah. No, no. All right. Well, you can tell me when we stop recording. Yeah. Um, you, can tell, you, can tell me what, you can tell me what you really <laughs> think. That was very diplomatic of you, yeah. Tim. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where do you see the yep. next evolution of, of Stadia going in, in terms of you, as you said, it's kind of Stadia 3.0, you've got this, where's the next evolution? Um, and mirrored in that, where's the next evolution in, in sports investing? Yeah. So I think the first one is, is from a Stadia perspective, planting the flag in more international locations. Um, the nice part is our network, our family extends across the entire world. I mean, um, obviously with folks like yourselves and then you end up obviously throughout the UK, um, Ireland included in that and, and obviously England and then you end up in Asia and then you end up in China and in Africa and it just kind of keeps moving out. Um, so I think with what we're looking at is one is let's consistently keep our base strong. Like uh, we need to be helping entrepreneurs. At the end of the day, we are a venture firm, so we're looking at ways that we can return investment to and return star investors. Uh, but the second part is is and we started this up last year is we we did a series of roadshows outside of the states. Um, and London was the, the biggest and the best one. Um, so we're going to be looking at doing more of that. And it's really an opportunity to pull together the local community of sports and esports leaders um, around the startup community. And then also an opportunity for us to inject, here is what we're seeing. Like here are our portfolio companies. Um, so our London event last summer was tremendous because, you know, the NFL and the NHL came over with us. And then at one of the events that we had in Evening Social, we ended up with, I mean, there must have been about 150, 180 uh, senior sports and esports leaders just from the UK market all coming together. And in many cases, uh, they, they may not have known each other before or they haven't seen each other in a long time. So we see ourselves always constantly as this global sports innovation hub. Um, so our position will be to, let's travel. Let's take this on the road. So yeah, the the globalization, I guess the the world becoming a smaller pace, yep. uh, place when it comes to yes. investment, but also solutions. That's that's what I always say about the beauty of uh, beauty of sports, and that's what we see ourselves positioning as the kind of glue in the global sports technology community, because sports affect at its fundamental point of view. If you kind of have a, a thesis and an ethos around sports, is that it's a unifying human experience. Uh, something that's reminded every four years with the Olympics, uh, but also just the reactions that people have to watching their favourite team, and that can be Kabaddi in in India, it can be uh, badminton in you know in Malaysia, it can be Australian rules football in in Melbourne, my hometown, it can be ice hockey in St Louis, it can be Premier League football mm-hmm. in or 
even lower league football, I think, in, in the UK is probably where you get the more diehard fans. But it's that reaction. Uh, and then, so if you have solutions in sports, you're ultimately dealing with people. And most of it is understanding human behavior, um, human physiology, and that doesn't change. Um, and certain, there's certainly business models that change around that and nuances and, and who your customers are. Um, yep. But it's something that's fundamental to sports. At, at the end of the day, a fan is a fan. And now it's just an opportunity to help them have a better experience. Definitely. So that is a beautiful segue and, uh, and it's great and it's almost like we planned this. Uh, what is your favorite sporting moment of all time, Tim? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I've, I've, had, I've been lucky. I've had the opportunity to be at Super Bowls, at Stanley Cups, at uh, World Series. Um, I'd have to say it, it was uh, actually a baseball game. Uh, my uncle and my dad ended up taking me when I was 10 years old to a Cardinals baseball game. Um, and, and it's funny because this one moment actually started, one, me into sports, and two, uh, my very first startup. But it was uh, the backup, backup catcher in the bottom of the 12th inning uh, in St. Louis in August. I mean, it's hot as all hell in St. Louis anyway, but in, in August it's even more humid and hot. But uh, after four hours in the sun, the backup, backup catcher on third base with two strikes and two outs on the current batter decides to steal home. Um, this backup, backup catcher was old and had really bad knees. Uh, not only did, not only did the Cardinals not know he was going to steal home. Uh, the pitcher, the catcher, the umpire, nobody had any idea. He literally just ran home, and by the time that the pitch made it to home plate, there was a massive collision of this guy <laughs> stumbling down third base, takes out the batter, takes out the uh, catcher, takes out the umpire, and the umpire jumps up and calls <laughs> this backup, backup catcher safe at home plate. That one moment and that winning of that game ended up moving the Cardinals into the playoffs, and this occurred in 1982, so it also went on to the, allowing them to win the World Series. So that moment actually was a genesis for my first startup, which was why, why is the best seat in the stadium actually on your couch at home? At that moment, everybody at home is seeing instant replays from all these different camera angles, and we're in the stadium just hanging out, just celebrating like crazy, but we saw it one time. And so, so there's, that, that is probably my favorite moment of my life. Fantastic. All right, well, we'll see if we can get some footage of that uh, so the folks at home can have the best seat in the house, as you said, and, and relive it. But yeah. got to say thank you so much, Tim, for sharing your expertise with us on Sports Tech Feed. It's been great to have you uh, involved and also looking forward to being involved in Stadia Ventures in the future. Uh, Thomas, I truly appreciate it, man. And seriously, continue on doing what you're doing because this really is great. It's a great opportunity for the audience to continue to learn. Uh, you can discount literally everything I said, but but uh, but this this kind of stuff is really what brings the power to the rest of the audience and stuff. So please do. You're doing a great job with this. Thank you. There you have it, Tim Hayden from Stadia Ventures. As I mentioned, one of the nicest guys in the sports tech ecosystem. It's a very small community, so always great to have uh, the Stadia group involved. Great bunch of people and doing some really good stuff to grow the community globally. As always, you can check out sportstechfeed.com for show notes and episode listings. I'll also make sure I include some links to those previous episodes that we've had with Stadia cohort companies. Until next week, I've been your host, Thomas Alomes. Thanks for being involved.